today about the uh, uh, what did we say the HI uh, applications and the uh, implications and, and possible implications, but obviously there are implications. Secondly, uh, the belief that AI is coming and uh, we can the belief that we can't do anything about it. And thirdly, uh, an, uh, uh, if there's time for that, an alternative uh, alternative context, which is then the definition of intelligence in a million philosophy. And even if we jump into that religion. Um, so, uh, I, you know, you and I have seen the, uh, the uh, film on AI, the Chris Payne film on AI, and um, uh, I liked it a lot, by the way. What do you think of it, by the way? Uh, you, you, saw, you saw the whole movie, right? Yes, uh, good movie. Yeah, good yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, very nice uh, overview. Uh, they try to look at really all aspects of yeah. Yeah. Uh, implications of HR. And uh, it, what I liked, what I liked about it is uh, at least it was for free. I mean, for me for a couple of days, and then later I wanted to send it to some people. It was on uh, Vimeo, and um, they couldn't access. And then I found it back on uh, YouTube. Uh, but it was missing uh, some sound here and there, and so it's it's doable still. I mean, it's I think it's one hour or something, but um, it was a nice one. And so even the first one, which was interesting to start with, Mary Shelley, you know, the uh, the, the lady in eighteen eighteen, it said, who wrote uh, the book on uh, Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein, yes. which said that you are my creator, but I'm your master, which is then the monster saying, obviously that. And it's uh, the, the I saw the subtitle. I didn't know that uh, was uh, a modern Prometheus, and then uh, well, you know, you know, Prometheus is, he stole the fire from the gods, from Zeus, and he gave it to uh, humanity. And um, so we can talk about this 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 fire as well. Uh, so if we if we will we as humanity will give fire to to any super intelligence, uh, or can it create its own fire, and what does it mean? So stuff like that. Um, and then the difference between superintelligence and a human being, um, and then the necessity of a body, maybe. You know, there's some things that pop up in my mind immediately. So then, but a few quotes from the film. So I wrote them down, um, just to set the scene, right? And uh, so in the film they say things like, uh, Google has 10 million servers now, and is working on an AI platform of 100 million servers. And then this guy, Tim Urban says, I'm not even sure that Google knows what it's becoming. Um, you know, Elon Musk also said some stuff about it, like the the uh, the the, uh, the 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 admin password is uh, in possession of the AI. So he think it's rather scary. So you know, and then David Ferrucci, the guy who invented the IBM Watson, he said that in three to five years we'll build a system that learns how to build understanding. Well, that's uh, mm -hmm. pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Uh, then Elon Musk is saying somewhere we're rapidly moving towards digital superintelligence that far exceeds any human. Um, and then on an experiment, it was a nice experiment there. Uh, it was a learning experiment, uh, learning an AI to identify objects on a screen. And then the researcher said, literally, I mean, I wrote it down, we can see something else is going on there. It's not just programming. And what this uh, AI did is what learning, not even to identify the, uh, the objects on the screen, but also the faces of the researchers, which is, uh, he, was, he wasn't asked to do that, but he did, or she did, or it did. And then uh, Elon Musk saying it's incredibly important that AI is not the other; it must be us. Well, this is of course an interesting, uh, interesting sentence. Uh, yes. So he's meaning that either we merge with AR or we left behind. Um, so that is coming anyway, right? 
And then, uh, so that's about the film. Um, and then the uh, landscape, uh, which I moved actually into what is called narrow AI. So just for one task, by driving a, a car, for instance, or, uh, uh, you know. Um, but we can talk about, uh, let's say, artificial general intelligence. So let's, uh, you know, machine learning to program itself and so on, stuff like that. Uh, the idea, of it, I, it's called, I, 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 I saw that it's called a learner, and then you know, um, you give a, 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 a data, you give a task, and then the AI is programming itself how to deal uh, with the task. Um, well, we've also seen the uh, the anecdotes in the report's surprising creativity of digital evolution, and and um, I will have some, I will put some links on the podcast then, so people, if they want to, they can they can check. One of the outcomes there was that these anecdotes. In this, uh, in the report, they serve as evidence that evolution, whether biological or computational, is inherently creative and should routinely be expected to surprise, delight, and even outwit us. Well, it's an interesting one as well, I think. Yeah. So now that is about the movie. Um, so I don't know if people saw it, if they still can access it. But anyway, uh, and then if, let's say a few of the latest things regarding uh, AI. Um, apart from, let's say, the narrow stuff like playing chess, Go or Jeopardy, you know, uh, Watson won uh, the Jeopardy, uh, poker, driving cars, identifying faces, uh, what can they do, writing, clickbait, screenplays, drones, flying, selecting targets, stuff. so that's all the narrow stuff. Uh, one, an interesting narrow one is as well, which I didn't know, uh, but it's, I read it very recently, is that Google has a system that filters voices from a cloud and, and they call it audio-visual speech separation. Um, I will put a link on screen as well. Um, it's interesting, I mean, in that sense, it's, so what they do is that by, by, by videoing, so they look, uh, the system can hear what you're saying and then identifying just one person in the crowd. Pretty scary as well. Yes. Um, so then, and then the NASA so uh, has a awarded a grant that supports the development of an autonomous spacecraft that could make decisions using blockchain technology without human intervention. That's uh, news from space.com. It's reported on April 18, so which is I think two days two days ago. Uh, then an interesting one: a Chinese insurance company. I didn't know, but a Chinese insurance company is using lie detectors. So you have to apply for loans through an app. And uh, then you will answer some questions about your income and plans for repayment. And you do that by video. And then the video is, is monitoring facial expressions uh, to determine whether you tell the truth or not, also based on an AI algorithm. Well, um, obviously, then companies using AI to, to sort through job applications for picking candidates. We know that hotels, casinos, they guess customers uh, likely spending and offer personalized promotions to draw them in. AI is used to scan companies' earnings, releases, and automatically generates, gen generate uh, news articles. Well, we said something about that. And uh, also to monitor cybersecurity threats and other risks. Um, there's lots of stuff going on uh, on uh, today. Um, so I don't know if you want to add a few of the, uh, of the applications uh, before we move to implications. Maybe we can uh, still dwell a little bit. Yeah, on sure. The on the application side, there are certainly uh, a myriad of applications yeah. that are already, already available and there's uh, much more to come without doubt. Mm -hmm. you know, the number of applications will increase and, uh, and you already categorized these applications. Uh, there's obviously uh, computational uh, 
applications that are performing mechanical tasks mm -hmm. that very well described. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and here, obviously, the value is that they can do it faster than, than humans can. Did, did you see, by the way, did you see the movie was yesterday of two robots uh, assembling an IKEA a chair? <laughs> I didn't see it. It was fun, yeah, really. They, I mean, they just they, they put the robots there, they put the stuff there, and they did it by themselves. The only thing I think they programmed was the sequence, what to do. But the next one is uh, to, to add the robots and to give them, to feed them, let's say, the, uh, the uh, IKEA uh, information leaflet, and then just see what happens. But they did it, they did it perfect. Yes, yes. It's um, definitely, I mean, it fits into the pattern yeah. of... Um, of computational AI that performs mechanical tasks. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely a step away from the computer and the processors into the robotics, mm -hmm. so to speak. Uh, in in three-dimensional space, they, uh, they deployed these, uh, these algorithms. But uh, essentially, there is no difference, it's still uh, mechanical application uh, when you follow patterns and uh, yeah. execute tasks. So uh, here, obviously, the um, the value is uh, speed and precision and uh, lack of um, organic features in a negative sense. For example, exhaustion mm -hmm. and uh, other types of inefficiencies that we humans uh, tend to exhibit with time. Mm -hmm. So it is, a, it is a, if you summarize, it's really mechanization. Mm -hmm. And um, I tend to think, I always tend to think about what kind of larger context or larger patterns a phenomena fits into. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you look at uh, this particular application of mechanization, Mm -hmm. that AI is exacerbating, mm -hmm. that, you know, it's kind of answering this question already, that sure. uh, mechanization itself is a pattern that we experience at an increasing rate for the past 200 or so years, or even more, starting with the industrial evolution. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. No, 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 absolutely. No, no, I just was, I mean, you, you could, could see it easily also in the, in the movie where the uh, Atari games, you, you know, the old-fashioned games, I mean, the AI learned it in, in well, I don't know, minutes, and then it, it's, it was uh, outpacing any human. I mean, it was, was running on super speed and, and winning all games, uh, by all means, and it, it should win, and even winning things in a, in a way that um, uh, we didn't foresee, like uh, identifying a bug in a, in a program, which we didn't know it was there, and then using the bug to win. I mean, so that's, uh, but, that, but it's like driving the car, stuff, all those narrow AI, they, they, it's, go, it's, going, it's going fast. And the narrower, obviously, the more efficient. Yeah. So, yes, uh, I mean, for, you mentioned at the beginning, um, leading up to this conversation, that uh, AI is coming and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, that is, I, I don't know who said that, somebody, oh, we said it. It's the, I believe that's the belief. <laughs> Everybody says that. Everybody says same, in the same token, they say, um, typically in general, they say this thing about technology. 
yeah. that uh, yeah. progress, or if we really find the ultimate context for this, it is progress. So yeah. they say progress is progressing, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Uh, I find this statement to be false. Mm -hmm. And uh, not because empirical, evi empirical evidence contradicts it. Unfortunately, empirical evidence supports this claim. Mm -hmm. But because um, uh, by default of logic, mm -hmm. this false, uh, ergo we are being irrational. You know, mm -hmm. when uh, and empirical evidence is being irrational, and we and it is only possible because our irrationality. Uh, fuels such developments. I think um, it's quite obvious for everybody that uh, if we evaluate a new technology yeah. and make a, and consciously evaluate, do we need this yeah. or don't we? Then we can make a decision of uh, pursuing it or not. And uh, the fact that we don't do this exercise, it means that we are being irrational. So our irrationality fuels uh, a great many progress and uh, progressive ideas. It's completely irrational. Uh, basically, lack of critical thinking is what fuels many of these ideas to go forward. And well, yeah. I believe this, this claim of uh, we can, there's nothing we can do about it. I perceive this claim as being um, either an ill-willed propagandistic uh, claim or just sheer stupidity? Yeah, well, it's a lazy claim in that sense. I mean, and I, I probably what you mean and saying as well is that uh, so on one hand, let's say the, the, there is progress in, in if you look to a, a narrow field, like in technology, for instance, or you can uh, manufacture things faster, cheaper, maybe better, whatever, something like that. But it's a totally different question if we need stuff. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's nice that you have things like Facebook or whatever. But the question is if you need it, and and um, usually things happen because or for a uh, commercial reason, uh, like faster, cheaper, whatever, uh, or they happen, for instance, because it's just possible and or fun or whatever. But uh, you know, actually, it's, uh, it's it's thinking about what is life. How do I want it to be? Well, I, um, somebody mentioned, I forgot who, uh, related to uh, AI, mm. uh, somebody made the point that uh, the first AI was probably created in the 19th century when corporations were granted the rights of a person. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I read it in an article uh, somewhere. and. Um, I agree with this statement 100%. From that point of view, and this article uh, elaborated further, that from that point of view, um, and from that point on, basically what's needed is determined not by uh, true human needs, but by the needs of corporations. Mm -hmm. And this is a significant uh, statement. And uh, if, and we can prove its validity very easily. That uh, obviously the development of AI itself is driven by corporations for profit reasons. Yeah. So who is, uh, who decides what's needed? Yeah. I well, want to be in a position to decide for myself. Yeah. Corporations, corporations uh, we cannot expect them to say 
corporations who exist, exist purely for quantitative reasons, not for qualitative reasons. Their only reason to exist is to increase and optimize profit. And, um, and there is absolutely no other reason for them to exist. And um, we don't have to get into their social responsibility platforms, which are typically PR uh, to justify their, their original purpose. Yeah. So, so basically, corporations decide what's needed. Well, but, it's but, yeah, 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 I, I agree. Well, it was interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't know either who said it, but I, I think I saw it in a, in a movie. Now I forgot the name of the movie, so it's not really helpful. But indeed, uh, that a company was granted the status of a person in that sense. And um, I, I, maybe I'll, I'll get to it. It's definitely in, 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 the, in the movie. Uh, but was well, it? No, I mean, uh, it's reality. This yeah, 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 it's reality as well. Yes, 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 yes. Of course, but it it was mentioned in the documentary uh, that it happened. And uh, but I was saying that because it's I also bumped into something else, which is uh, and that's that is was said in the New Scientist of um, I think last week. Um, no, sorry, where is it? Uh, uh, I have it here. Ah, yeah, there is a. Um, there is an open letter to the European Commission AI and Robotics apparently is there, uh, stating that we are concerned by the European Parliament resolution on civil law rules of robotics and its recommendation to the European Commission, which is, and now it comes, and what you see there is exactly the same what happened to, uh, to companies, uh, creating a specific legal status for robots in the long run, so that at least uh, the most sophisticated autonomous robots could be established as having the status of electronic persons responsible for making good any damage that may cause and possibly applying electronic personality to cases where robots make autonomous decisions or otherwise interact with third parties independently. Um, and that is interesting because then what I just referred to the new scientists uh, of last week, uh, they talk about the blundering of algorithms uh, that they discriminate or overstep the line so and then they say that somewhere is the writer is saying that so we need to be able to hold them to account and then the european union has fired the first cell phone giving its citizens the right to an explanation for why an algorithm did something that affects their lives the trouble is the technique behind the ai boom are by their very nature a black box even the people who create these machines minds don't understand the reasoning so on the one hand you have people saying well okay you can ask but it's very difficult and the other hand is saying well can we give them just uh, can we grant them uh, uh, being a person, the same rules, uh, as, and that's exactly what happened to uh, to uh, to companies. So you know, I think that adds when to your point. When we are when we are looking at uh, patterns, yeah, um, I think one thing becomes very obvious right at the first glance when we read um, considerations like this mm. is uh, the avoidance of responsibility. Sorry, the what the the avoidance yeah, yeah, yeah. of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because this is all about that. Yeah. Again, these electronic persons are serving financial interests. Yeah. And uh, the companies want to avoid responsibilities, uh, taking responsibility for the actions of that mm -hmm. creation. Mm -hmm. If uh, responsibility was reintroduced into the picture, uh, when companies would have skin in the game, so to speak, yeah, yeah, yeah. taking financial or even punitive responsibility, individuals within the companies even, 
I guarantee you that uh, so-called progress will go much slower. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, what is responsibility? See, responsibility is a fundamental uh, human trait. Yeah. And um, this is something that um, AI. Uh, uh, sorry, I take it back because I don't want to go into the area yet mm -hmm. where we compare AR. Uh, with people. Mm -hmm. I think that comparison is stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, in a way, so I don't want to commit that mistake yeah, 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 yeah. by implying yeah, yeah, such comparisons. Yeah, yeah. So, but yes, yeah, so I think uh, corporations must be held accountable that develop AI, and we have to say no. Um, if it doesn't serve our interest uh, as people, then uh, we have to say stop uh, to development. And we should not develop anything just because it is possible. I think yeah. this is uh, very important. And the reason, the way to do it is forcing people uh, taking responsibility for their actions. Yeah. And if they don't feel qualified to take responsibility, then they obviously ergo should not develop. Yeah. Well, that is in it. That is. I I, I agree with that. I mean. Um... So that is, let's say, things can happen. You do it because it's possible. There is an AI, and then the morality comes in. So what do we, what do we do with the outcome? What should be okay? What should not be okay? Uh, you know, this this um, uh, responsibility you're talking about. I bumped into something else as well, which is is linking and directly connected to this, which is building in building or taking care that the responsibility, more or less, is built into the AI itself, um, and that is. Um, uh, uh, an interesting, uh, interesting one. Uh, I, I, uh, it was in a book, Artificial Unintelligence, How Computers Misunderstand the World, by a uh, New Yorker, Professor Meredith Broussard, if I pronounce that right. And, and she, in that book, she describes something that's called the Titanic Paradox. And that was uh, about an AI predicting uh, which passengers survived the sinking of the Titanic in, uh, in 1912. And the, and, and the AI does that, this prediction, with an accuracy of uh, 97%, which is very impressive. Uh, but then the problem, according to this, uh, this um, uh, professor, is that the AI revealed that the fair price, and thus the class you were in, like you know the first, second or third class, was the most important factor whether you survived the disaster or not. So then, in similar situations, uh, insurance companies, they might charge less to the people in the first class or, you know, more yes. to people in the third class. So that is, uh, for instance, more about ethical questions and economics and safety. This is meaning also how do you feed the AI and how biased you may be when gathering, selecting and interpreting data and, and creating machine learning rules. I mean, there's a lot of bias there as well. I mean, the data can be biased, the, the way you learn an AI can be biased. Um, so now this outcome is, you know, might be progress, might be impressive. Uh, but what then is the result? Hmm. Yes, I mean, um, and uh, this leads us again back to certain human traits that have a lot to do with true intelligence. Yeah. Um, besides responsibility, which is also a question of true intelligence, mm -hmm. uh, which we will touch on a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the other is, um, uh, but I lost my chain of thought. So there was. Um, Oh, sorry, and the other is ethics, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethics, and uh, when we look at, um, and this is definitely an important question because who who are the people 
who are qualified, who are the people perceived to be qualified to make uh, decisions in uh, questions of ethics. Yeah. And uh, the, the worst type is definitely, uh, because we have answers to this, because we just have to look at what's, uh, what's out there. Mm -hmm. uh, Google, for example, feels qualified. Mm -hmm. Bunch of engineers feel qualified to make uh, decisions uh, with ethical implications. Mm -hmm. Uh, this, I would argue against uh, this case, uh, but, and I will, mm -hmm. and the others are bureaucrats. Mm -hmm. you know, bureaucrats with uh, law degrees and uh, degrees from economics, mm -hmm. which uh, many people argue is not even science. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the, the best case scenario is we have to consider psychologists who are sitting on boards. Mm -hmm. Which is still uh, terrible. You you cannot find many uh, philosophers in the classical sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can find philosophers who philosophize about philosophers, <laughs> but who are interested in the ultimate questions of existence. Should be yeah, 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 yeah. Philosophy, and uh, which should be related directly to the question of ethics yeah. and responsibility. So we have a body of uh, people who by some authority of somebody have been qualified for making calls uh, be, uh, related to ethics. So we have fundamental uh, systemic problems uh, that we need to address before we can even look at technology and uh, we, before we can even develop a view on technology be it AI or anything else. And the, the problem as well is that, I mean, there is a philosophy of technology and, and they address, you know, also the, the uh, morale uh, and the ethics uh, as well. But, you know, the, the, the it's a very a relatively new field um, and things are going fast. That's the problem. Uh, it's going so fast that <laughs> even politics as well, I mean, you're way behind. Ethics is not a new field. No, 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 ethics not. No, 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 but the technology. <laughs> The technology, yes. yeah, yeah. so definitely. My uh, my view uh, is that um, what is the reason for all this? I mean, uh, going back a little bit to the AI. I mean, uh, obviously, AI has been around since the 1950s mm -hmm. as a as a very specific, well-defined branch of computer science. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's been around. Uh, and it made it has made progress. I remember even uh, in the nineties, I was talking to uh, people specializing in AI, mm -hmm. making various experiments. Uh, the technology was there for some reason. It is now that it's uh, becoming such uh, is be, uh, becoming such headlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think uh, there is a reason for that. I think this is. Uh, I really have the feeling this is uh, an agenda that is being driven. Uh, time is kind of now uh, correct to to drive this agenda, which has a lot to do again uh, with avoiding responsibility. And uh, we have also reached a stage where uh, we are so me uh, we have become so mechanical as humans much more mechanical than we were in the 90s. Mm -hmm. the, uh, so mechanical, what do I mean? We already act like machines. So in the 90s, uh, we, we both remember, in the, we were a little bit more organic. So we, we were seeking 
human interaction, even if it was tied to technology like telephone. Mm -hmm. In the 90s, it was um, a given that if you want to talk to somebody, you call them. Yeah. Uh, you cause disruption. You mm -hmm. call a guy, you know, all out of the blue. In the 80s, uh, we were seeking interaction in a more physical format. So mm -hmm. uh, my neighbor came over, yeah. knocked on my door, or a friend visited me without announcement in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. They just knocked on the door and, uh, you know, just entered. Hey, come in, and, uh, you know, that's how uh, things work. Yeah. Now, obviously, all these things are totally automated. People feel uncomfortable. Uh, when it comes to organic interactions, they yeah, don't yeah, want yeah. to see anybody just out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Think they are terrified that somebody may just show up, <laughs> and uh, somebody would address them uh, without um, previous arrangements. So what what we see is that as we become more mechanical, we also complicate our lives unnecessarily. We cannot simplify, even though. The need is there and it is articulated. We cannot simplify. Mm -hmm. So we, we get more complicated, which means that consequently we become worse and worse in running our lives. You know, it's become more complicated. We can't uh, keep up, not because we are getting stupider, which uh, I have to add is uh, kind of also a case, mm -hmm. but uh, have to be the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, we become stupider because we become more mechanical and we are uh, ignoring our organic functions. Yeah. And, and I will get back to what are the organic functions of intelligence, for example. <clears throat> but we are becoming stupider and stupider and we create a, a more and more foreign environment for ourselves that we cannot cope with. And, uh, and plus, we avoid responsibility for anything we do. So now is the time to introduce a solution for this mess, which is sold as artificial intelligence that will help, help us with all that. You know? So we already have jobs, 90% of the population already performs jobs that are so mechanical that it's no longer human. Yeah, well, in that sense, at least that a computer could do better, a robot could do better. Yes, Cheaper, yes, but absolutely this is how they package it as a solution yeah. but uh, my view is that this is a solution to an artificial problem because uh, we don't need this problem and we can solve this problem uh, specifically by uh, making uh, rational decisions about what technology to develop and what not mm -hmm. so we cannot solve this problem by going the other extreme and uh, buying this solution that is presented in the form of AI or robotics or any other field mm -hmm. or combinations. Mm -hmm. I think this is totally logical to try to solve the problem that could have been avoided by not deploying this, mm -hmm. you know, uh, by following this uh, course of action. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I feel as a, a larger pattern where AI right now today is fitting into. And, uh, and we can use many examples, like we can use the examples, uh, and again, it will always come back, the examples will always come back with this fundamental question, do we really need it? And uh, mm -hmm. I would even go as far as jeopardizing my uh, perception of sanity, <laughs> <laughs> going back even uh, to the very early 
uh, innovations that, that were sold as innovations. Of, uh, for example, the printing press. Yeah. Uh, my, I did many, much, uh, a lot of research for various topics, and um, people are shocked to find out that uh, there were always people who were against progress. So now, with our mind, with our progressive minds, we consider these people to be kind of stupid. Yeah. You know? yeah. Who can, on what, what foundation of reason, who could protest the development of the printing uh, press? Yeah. 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 And or who could, in their right mind, um, uh, protest uh, using writing? If, if we go even further back. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, but uh, these people, nobody looks at who were these guys protesting mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. progressive moves. And these people were absolutely not stupid. Mm -hmm. And uh, for example, when it comes to the printing press, and uh, I'm not going to digress too much, much because I think this is directly relevant to our yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were protesting uh, based on uh, the decline of our human uh, and organic qualities. When you start printing, instead of uh, manually copying books, which was the case before, yeah. uh, you automatically uh, you cause your some of your mental fac faculties to decline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When go back to writing, obviously with the introduction of uh, writing as a widespread technology at the time, uh, the human uh, organic skill of um, memory immediately declined. Yeah, that, that's why the recommendation now in schools as well that, you know, just gazing at your iPad at school or computer screen and not writing anymore is not helpful. Absolutely. I mean, uh, just even at the writing, if you compare, you're still staying, you know, at the early, like a few thousand years ago. Yeah. Luckily, some civilizations survived where writing was not introduced. So we could really compare mm -hmm. the results. Mm -hmm. So the result of writing was uh, directly responsible for the decline of language itself mm -hmm. and, and memory. For example, in a certain Arab, Arab tribes uh, where writing was not introduced even in the early 19th century, yeah. we could compare that uh, the elders who could really were on a, they could not write or read. They, they remembered everything based on verbal uh, tradition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they remembered and uh, they could cite absolutely precisely the Quran, or they could cite uh, ancient Sufi, uh, Sufi uh, poems. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and their whole, uh, their whole legacy was conserved in a verbal form. Yeah. So you could see these kids who were already learning from the elders, an incredible memory. So the elders also did not get senile. They were uh, mentally very alert and highly uh, active. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this definitely contributed uh, for them re retaining their organic qualities of intelligence, yeah, which yeah. we, at, at the current time, uh, we don't have to describe that we cannot remember two phone numbers. Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely, is it good for us? I would say uh, it's good for comfort and good for some uh, profit initiatives, 
But is it good for us? No, I think we as humans, now in the, because following the progressive views, we have to view our current age as the most developed, the top and the, the best of all times in the history of humankind. Mm -hmm. uh, this is progress, obviously it's always, progress is always growing and getting better and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to look at our current age today is the, the best that ever was. But when we look at uh, people, uh, I mean, the, the picture is somehow different. We are uh, not necessarily the healthiest, and many scientists are making great points, uh, including, uh, I have to maybe emphasize, uh, Nicholas Tullet, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. with a, st a statistician, risk analyst, who is making a, a very, uh, very elegant claims and proofs that uh, the statistics, for example, that the average age uh, 5,000 years ago was only 30, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that everybody lived only until they were 30, you know? No, no. So, uh, very basic stuff we tend to forget that, uh, and we try to make assumptions, like really showing that we are stupider and stupider yeah. today than we ever were. Yeah. So the, the technology, technological progress is high, the human condition is worse than ever. Yeah, that's all. I mean, it's it's like you know what you mentioned this oral tradition, which is uh, obviously almost lost. I mean, it might be in some tribes still there, but it's 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 you know, um, it's like the biblical, you know, the um, idea of of uh, having the having your talents. If you don't practice them anymore, you will lose them. And um, so if you don't if you don't practice some stuff and you get new stuff back, you know, like all the machinery around you nowadays uh, and all the social stuff and all the, all the tools and all the whatever, um, inevitably, uh, let's say, all those talents will diminish. Indeed, indeed. And the question so, is, if that's bad or is it good or what can, what can happen and how do, we, how, we, how do we deal with that and can we pace with that? And, um, well, I think we can answer, I mean, can it be good? What's the, what's the positives of losing talent and losing, losing uh, our humanity? Yeah, well, if you, if, you will, if you will get new talents, if you develop new talents, uh, it might be interesting to, uh, to perceive that path. But, uh, it's but the not question so, is... But it, the, it's yeah. hard to see about new talent. I mean, uh, right now the propositions are transhumanism, that uh, on one side you become what you are, you become a stupid, uh, incapable, irresponsible uh, human being mm -hmm. and position is uh, for that is uh, to have implants in your brain to improve that condition it was yeah it was a guy in, in a movie said right you have yeah we have just very limited uh, uh, I mean visual input is fast but oral output and manual output is, is very limited if you compare it to machines but then the problem is if you compare yourself if you if you define yourself as a machine you're going to lose Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so proving the point. Yeah, proving the point, yes. Proving the point. So I don't see the positives. And I think... Um, but, oh, sorry, think the, the positives of, of what exactly then? The positives of, um, of losing our organic human yeah, yeah, capabilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see any positive of that. Yeah. No? And, uh, and again, uh, when you have a bunch of nobodies, with absolutely no skills, <laughs> sorry for the standards, but uh, we are in the age of the masses, yeah, the yeah. undifferentiated mass. Yeah. 
that looks like uh, is subscribing for brain implants just to become funnier even. <laughs> you know, when you have a bunch of nobodies, uh, what kind of society are we going to have? In and what, what, will, uh, what will be the products of such societies? I mean, we already have um, direct analogy between the mass and mass production. So we, we produce cheap shit. Yeah. So to speak, that uh, has, has absolutely no value whatsoever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And we don't even need that shit. You know, uh, again, sorry for the, the terms, but so the, you know, but there's no other, no better terms to describe what we have. Yeah. In comparison, again, going back to previous times when the organic qualities of people were still uh, maintained at uh, the best possible level, these societies were responsible and they produced artifacts yeah. that are still beautiful to look at today. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and maybe this could be a good transition to look even at the term uh, of artificial intelligence. Uh, what, what the hell does it mean? Mm -hmm. but what the artificial we know, artificial means man-made. Right. In man-made intelligence is um, we have a we can have more than one definition. Oh, we can have zillion so definitions. That that's endlessly. Well, maybe you know there is a psychological definition for intelligence, which I already found find pretty mechanical. You know the ability to uh, learn, mm -hmm. recognize patterns. Uh, yeah. come to conclusions and so on and so yeah. forth. WikiLeaks, I mean WikiLeaks, uh, Wikipedia lists uh, some of these definitions. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, by the way, that definition, I have Wiki, uh, Wikipedia in front of me now. Ah, so okay, cool, yeah. Said, artificial intelligence, also machine intelligence, is intelligence demonstrated by machines in contrast to national intelligence uh, displayed by humans and other animals? This other animals is also very telling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in computer science, AI uh, research is defined as a study of intelligent agents, any device that perceives its environment and takes actions that maximizes chance of successfully achieving its goals. Mm -hmm. um, it's also referred to artificial intelligence uh, is applied when a machine mimics cognitive functions that humans associate with other human minds, mm -hmm. such as learning and problem solving. Mm -hmm. So kind of the rough, uh, there's more, but this kind of sums it up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it actually, um, uh, as we know, we can always look at uh, everything um, ultimately from two angles. And uh, these two angles define two opposing worldviews. Mm -hmm. This definition is uh, very well um, depicts one forward position, which is materialism. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this heavily discolored by um, evolutionism, mm -hmm. which means that uh, the superior develops from the inferior. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, this is, and this uh, we can catch in this definition, 
all this, uh, obviously people came, used to be animals, so we used to be rodents probably, mm -hmm. uh, developed from there, you know. There is another uh, view, and this ultimately, philosophically, there is a term for this, philosophically this view that uh, includes materialism, evolutionism, and so on, and progressivism, and many others, uh, ultimately it's called naive realism. Mm -hmm. naive realism. And uh, naive realism, the, the world view of naive realism is that uh, the world is fundamentally independent of me. Mm -hmm. I find myself in the world mm -hmm. without any control over what's happening. Um, I think Heidegger used the term Geworfenheit. Yeah, I find yeah, yeah, myself yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. passed yeah. into the world and I just look around and I find myself as a stranger in a strange environment. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. This is the feeling, the fundamental feeling of naive realism. It's like you dump yourself in the world and you have to undump yourself there. Yeah, you have to come in, a, yeah. you, you have some choices. There's, I mean, this, this Heidegger thing you mentioned. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Dasein, you know, he used yeah, Dasein. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dasein was already the first step towards yeah. the other pole from this position, yeah. which is subjective idealism. Mm -hmm. Subjective idealism's general view and feeling and active viewing of the world is the opposite. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it, uh, it is involutionism, meaning that uh, there is an ideal stage from which you can only decline, mm -hmm. and this is the natural tendency. Uh, which, by the way, is proven by physics, you know, by the rule of uh, the force, uh, rule of thermodynamics, you mm -hmm. know, the general uh, inertia mm -hmm. uh, in, within, uh, within systems and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, but so there's general decline, there's no evolution, especially not without, just by itself. It means that uh, the superior may become inferior but the less can never become more. Mm -hmm. And normally, I, we are not, we, I don't have want to be now to be polemic about it. So, you know, I don't want to prove which one is correct. These are just statements of subjective idealism. And the subjective idealism also considers uh, the human condition very different from those uh, in the opposite pole. Uh, Subjective idealists don't consider humans to be uh, developed from animals, but rather, if I may say, the other way around, so to speak. Not literally, that it doesn't say that monkeys developed from man, mm. but uh, theoretically, kind of, this is the direction. Mm -hmm. So they see that humans are uh, originally superhuman. And uh, following the graduation, a gradual, a gradual decline, uh, they reach this position where they are now. Mm -hmm. And this position is going to get worse and worse, and uh, AI is helping this process, of mm -hmm. course. So there are these two, two views. When it comes to subjective idealism, the view on intelligence is much more and much broader and deeper than just learning and problem-solving skill. Yeah, because, so, it's, it, because it's coming from a higher perspective. Yes, 
So um, all traditional doctrines uh, to go again to this direction, but I think yeah. it's good to go in this direction because it gives a fundamentally different perspective to the question. Yeah. And yeah. an unknown perspective. So uh, all uh, traditional doctrines, traditional metaphysics, dealt with the question of intelligence. And uh, in all of these, the, the ultimate um, premise is uh, metaphysical and mm. ontological. Mm. And it means that intelligence and existence are fundamentally the same. Mm. So it's, there is only conscious existence, and existence uh, is possible as long as it's conscious. Mm. That is fundamental. And at the meeting point of um, of uh, existence and consciousness, there is the subject. And this subject is uh, above being and uh, non-being, mm. above the duality of being and non-being. Mm. And this is the fundamental principle of man. Mm. And um, so this is the, the statement. It's a, the ontological aspect is very important because it, uh, it really shows that with, there is a there is a hierarchical difference, bit a little bit. Uh, in, for example, in Buddhist terminology, the uh, the highest level of existence, the absolute, is even above intelligence, mm -hmm. because it is also above being, and we can only talk about intelligence if it exists, obviously. But uh, the highest absolute, the absolute absolute that is independent of any external factor, ergo it being truly itself, is above intelligence. Intelligence depends on absolute, on this absolute being. Mm -hmm. And uh, what in Buddhism and, um, and Hindu, is, uh, Hindu metaphysics is referred to as Bhuti, Bhuti, is what, uh, in uh, the strictest sense, may still be considered to be intelligence. Mm -hmm. But this is still a metaphysical uh, level. It is still beyond uh, the manifest, beyond manifest existence. So it is not, it is a principle, but it is a non-manifest principle, mm -hmm. which in the manifest <clears throat> play takes on certain uh, on some of these uh, organic uh, intelligent functions, including the, the ability to think, which means to work with perceptions, mm -hmm. uh, in psychological terms, and the ability to create uh, images, the, mm -hmm. uh, the ability of imagination. Mm -hmm. uh, imagination and buddhi, <coughs> and, uh, and memory, uh, the function of memory and buddhi, is closely related. So and uh, and the metaphysics goes on to detail in a great details what is the content of Buddha, what is the content of memory, in other words. Mm -hmm. uh, these are called samskaras, or uh, it could be referred to as instincts. Anything that ever happened is kind of stored there. Yeah. So that's what you could you can uh, remember. It's not just to remember a telephone number. But uh, remembering what's stored in Buddha means automatically a creation process. You bring that memory into manifestation mm -hmm. 
by uh, a certain power, <coughs> um, which uh, a power that is way beyond cognitive faculties, mm-hmm. you know, the power of creation, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is why uh, the metaphysical fu- uh, foundation. From modern philosophers, definitely it was Heidegger that got closer, uh, and he was, by the way, aware, naturally, of Buddhist and uh, mm-hmm. Hindu metaphysics. Uh, he was uh, well aware of this. Heidegger went the furthest uh, towards subjective idealism, but even he uh, stopped short of completing the process and uh, and uh, to completely deal head-on with uh, solipsism, which is uh, basically the, the term mm. of, of absolute. Uh, solipsism also has levels, but uh, we can see that solipsism, uh, we may consider solipsism as the absolute uh, expression of uh, subjective idealism. So, going back to artificial intelligence, which only uh, looks at cognitive faculties, <clears throat> of could, people yeah. are already incapable of accessing their metaphysical faculties. Uh, in a way, it's not very surprising. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at uh, if we can say that a machine that is capable of um, working with uh, millions of times uh, larger sets of data Mm -hmm. than anybody on the planet, Mm -hmm. intelligence being determined by this mere cognitive faculty, Mm -hmm. then it is of course not a surprise that the masses would buy uh, such a sales proposition of uh, help us out of our mystery, bring on the AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is uh, what uh, Ray Kurzweil, for example, uh, a name that we must mention in this respect. Uh, Google's one of the engineering directors at Google, mm-hmm. um, who actually he said the words uh, to describe and to sell this idea that he's an engineering guy. You look at the guy and uh, you listen to him talk. Yeah, Not yeah. I'm better because I mean probably worse, you know. But just to, to use this at, at this example, yeah, yeah. he said that you know, if uh, Larry Page comes to the elevator with me, and if I have a brain implant that lets lets me access uh, hundreds of jokes, then I can improve my funny factor, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is pathetic. Like to to use everything, to reduce everything to cognitive faculties, you know, to quickly, to even uh, eliminate the ability to think on my feet. Yeah. Well, that is, of course, then, because, I mean, also with the singularity that he's mentioning that, um, so here, and this links to your former story, which I'm, I'm not so much aware of the Buddhist part, but Heidegger I know, but this links to, uh, um, to the fact that an AI can never be derived from this supernatural, you know, it's, that's hardly impossible. Uh, and also then, that for, for him, for Kurzweil then, the, the, in that fact the brain is a machine which you, which you can enhance, you can take out, you can uh, put in, in another machine. Um, so they're, in, they're, they're uh, interchangeable, right? This, uh, this is a very good point. I mean, uh, what do they try to do with the super machine, with the super AI? It looks like um, they want somehow to go back to their natural condition of uh, being supra-rational beings. You know, supra-absolute. Yeah. They, they, they are just going the wrong way. 
they try to use. Um, and the, the point is, they want to, what the point is here. I think, uh, which is very difficult. I mean, this is a sentence I, I also said in the beginning. I mean, like like this this a modern Theridius, this this Mary Shelley book. Um, so uh, if you st if you steal the fire from the gods and you want to give it, let's say to hu and he gave it to humanity, and then if humanity wants to give it to its next uh, uh, descendant, like a, you know a, a machine, like an AI, a super intelligence. Um, so, but what are you giving then? What is then the fire, right? Uh, is that even possible to uh, to do so? And uh, will there always be? I mean, so what do you, what is your take on that? I mean, this is almost the answering itself because uh, creation, the difference between the creation on an ontological level and the creation on a material level is this. You know? the, on a material level, you develop a program, a complex program, and then you use the help of other programs to develop even more complex programs so on this level, it's a mechanical creation. Mm -hmm. On the level of the gods that they refer to, the creation is uh, an act of power. Mm -hmm. you, know, you access samskaras, to use this Hindu terminology, you access the content of the Buddha, the content of intelligence, the ontological content, something that may become, if uh, combined with appropriate power, and intent and the will, a supranational and suprahuman will. With these, you create, so to speak, out of nothing. This is unimaginable for a rational mind who cannot access his capabilities of such creation. But the creation of gods is that, um, as the Bible says, you know, let there be light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Out of nothing creates something mm -hmm. by the will mm -hmm. and by the power mm -hmm. of um, this uh, supra ontological metaphysical mm -hmm. will mm -hmm. and power creates something out of seemingly nothing. Mm -hmm. This is creation. Mm -hmm. The other is mecha the, the mechanical part on the level of pure material reality. Creation is a mechanical process that does not require any power whatsoever. It's, it's the power, yeah. power of technology is an illusion. Just because I can press a button and blow up a city, it's a power of position for sure, but uh, pressing the power doesn't require from me any ontological power at all. An idiot can, can uh, press that button, uh, or an animal, a monkey can press that button. Mm -hmm. So the power of technology is an illusion. It's a very different and very physical power, and it disregards the, uh, the metaphysical powers that uh, we kind of forgot. It's uh, so, I, yeah, yeah. So this is the thing. Uh, people uh, 5,000 years ago were much more powerful than we are today. And we are very, um, our hubris persuades us that we are now the smartest and most powerful. And, um, and uh, the drive, and I wouldn't even say drive, because I think most people are not driven to develop artificial intelligence. They have to be sold on the idea to use it. So corporations are driven for profit to develop these uh, applications, and uh, the sales pitch 
The seer's speech towards the masses, to the, to the small man, to the small and powerless man, is that this will make you powerful. But this is a very, um, this is a lie. Yeah, well, of, of course, then obviously, then they, well, <laughs> you, could, you could even think of that anything is coming from corporations, if there's any good in that sense, and if there's not a marketing trick anyway. But um, and obviously, uh, if you do pure research or whatever, it's, it, uh, also AI can, help, can be of any help. That, that's, that's definitely for sure. Um, so it's not only for the profit in that sense. Um, but I wanted to touch on some, something else, which is um, I also read that a, um, there's, there's a book. I didn't read the book. I, I just saw there was something uh, about it. And the book is called The Biological Mind. And it's written by, what's his name, uh, Alan Jasanoff. Uh, he's uh, a professor of biological engineering at MIT. And um, he's saying in that book that the, uh, the, 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 the brain is more than a machine and that the brain is fed also uh, from within. So meaning from the blood, from bacteria in the gut, uh, uh, from chemicals uh, and from the outside in that sense. Um, so in that, in that sense, if you talk about if you talk about human, if you talk about fire, uh, if you if you talk about consciousness, uh, in, in you know if you don't even know exactly what it is and we don't know what it is, you can't give it to a machine as well. But the problem might be then if you have this because there will you know there there, there will be situations where this I mean it, it will be developed in that sense, uh, although we might might not want it, uh, but nevertheless uh, uh, it, that doesn't mean that it cannot be developed. Um, the fact is, what are you going to do with it? Um, and that is maybe a scary part. If, if you have this learning things, or learners just uh, learning themselves towards whatever, I mean, of course you can give it a task and say solve the task. Uh, but then the question is, what is the task and what is it going to do? It might develop some things that you don't want to. Um, uh, and, and also that you're going to use it in, in a sense that actually, which is not very ethical or just not good at all. Um, it might fall, you know, the technical stuff might fall into the wrong hands. Uh, so, you know, maybe even if it's, if it's possible to, to give anything fire, if it's possible for an AI to be human, if it's possible to, to merge uh, and, and what will happen. Um, the question is as well, uh, it, it, it might develop into something, but do we know what it is? Yes, uh, I think this goes back <coughs> um, to, to the beginning uh, of when we said that, uh, can we stop it? Yeah, can we stop it? Yeah. yeah. Can we stop it? It's an ethical question. Obviously, you cannot teach ethics to a machine, uh, especially if you don't know ethics yourself. Well, the point is, in that sense, you can, you, well, we can't, eat, yes, of course. And, um, but if you, if you, what was, I don't forgot the name of the program. You remember this, probably this, uh, I think it was, it was developed by Microsoft, this, this bot, this Twitter bot who, who could talk to people. It was yeah. taken off in one day because it was uh, fed and, and it learned, you know, all the, the, the darkness of humanity by all those tweeting uh, trolls feeding it with all kinds of, uh, of, 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 of really shitty stuff. And so within one day, it, 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 it became a horror. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, although that was just, uh, 
I would say a little different. Yeah, but it goes back to also to the uh, to what I said to this Titanic stuff. Like, um, if you have an AI, you want to train the AI, and the AI is going to be looking to something like, so what do then what do then people do? So what is normal? Well, you know, what is normal? Hmm. In, uh, definitely. I mean, uh, I think uh, the reason uh, just I'm making a little circle here back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, <clears throat> why AR became big now. I think we always have to come back to this question. Why now? Why is it so burning, such a burning question? Besides, uh, and now I'm not going to go back to the corporations and financial motivations, mm -hmm. but uh, just uh, forgetting all that. I think it's because, uh, and this is very ironic, I think artificial intelligence is a burning question now because we are we never been so stupid before. Well, I think yes, and maybe you maybe you go into this direction. I don't know, but don't you think as well that that it has that that the um, advancement in all kinds of developments uh, is surprising a lot of people, because I also remember and 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 saw that uh, you know some people really were thinking that okay, it will take time, it will take ten years or fifteen years or whatever, and it's speeding so fast. It's it's just happening that people are maybe taken by surprise, like holy shit, what's going on? I, but uh, I mean, what does it mean, surprised? I mean, to me, oh, this yeah, is not yeah. a, that okay. Somebody who never thought about it, and the last time uh, you know in his uh, life, you know, going to do payroll administration and go home, and five years later. <laughs> So You're out of the job. Hi, where are you? Surprised. Uh, this is this means nothing. And also the guys who are involved, actively involved in this business, what what does it mean that they are surprised? They are surprised by a factor of two or three. It, to, to me, this uh, doesn't mean much. You know? The the point is. Um, well, to me, it, it means that if, if my things might get so complex and so fast and people so disconnected to everything and every, and and and, and um, uh, working on this very narrow field that is hardly i mean if you don't have the underlying ethics then these things will happen that's the, exactly i think and this is i think the important point yeah uh, it's not about people's reaction people are you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to kill this uh, that horse anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> people, are, people are surprised by anything. You know, they see a YouTube video and they they are surprised out of their mind yeah, you know, yeah, by yeah. the stupidest stuff. But this, the ethical part, yes. I mean, uh, and, and it goes back. We are stupid. So there are no qualified people for ethics. No, I mean there are probably, but not in a decision. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Decision-making position. So our so-called—I don't even use the word leaders. Our managers making the call calls on these things are not qualified mm -hmm. on terms of ethics, and uh, they are cowards who avoid responsibility. You know, and our legislators, you know, who should regulate. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Well, they, well they are, they're making persons uh, with the status of a person, your legal status for robots, right? So yeah. this, is what hap- yeah. this is what's happening now. And then you, you will inevitably you will get a, a greater divide between the haves and have-nots and, and, and all those legal shit and whatever. I mean, the same as now with corporations. Uh, I mean, when they, became, have, when they got the same status as a, as a human being. This is what's happening right now. I think this is uh, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> it is a philo- philosophical question and uh, ideological question, and we are uh, we can say maybe without exaggeration that we are, in a way, uh, at a the cold war of worldviews. Sorry, the, a, yeah. I, I couldn't hear that. The cold what? A, a cold, a cold war. Yeah, 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 yeah. Between worldviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> between these. Uh, it's a clash. Th- this is a clash. <clears throat> it's a kind of an occult. It's not very open. Mm. It's more like a, mm. a covered mm. operation of mm. um, certain agendas that advance the maintenance of views. I think the views are very important because views determine thinking. Well, this is very interesting because what you what you saw and still see, but but it's it's diminishing. Is for instance, you know, this stuff. Uh, teaching children coding at school, you know, like even in preschools or, you know, um, learn to code because this yeah. is important for your future. And then, you know, the second thought about that uh, was a bit of a wave in the media, like, okay, the, why should people start coding? Because it's good for the corporations. If there's lots of people who can do the coding, they can pick the best of them. And uh, at least uh, they're, they're, there's, there's many to pick from. And then the third wave is coming now, more or less, not a really wave, a small wave, is saying, hey, but then if machines, in fact, are better at coding, so why should we learn our kids coding, let them learn creativity? And so then we go back, let's say, to have a full circle to the beginning of, of who is a person, what is a person, and what separates it from a machine. Yes, uh, if this development ran its course, ran its course, that uh, we would come to the conclusion that um, it's better to teach kids creativity than coding. This would be a beautiful development. Um, well, it, it, it would even be more, I mean, there's, there's even a question before that, why, why do you have to teach kids creativity? Um, so, did they lose it? I don't think so. Sorry, I, I, I think well, I, I, why, why should you li- then teach kids creativity, which of course is great. I mean, it's even better than, uh, than, than teach them coding. Uh, but if you teach a person something and, and, you know, lots of stuff has to be learned. But I, I personally don't think that you have to learn a kid cr- to be creative. Oh, okay, I get it. I get yeah. it. No, yeah. it's true. I mean, uh, kids, although I don't know, I, I don't know many kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I don't know all. <laughs> <laughs> but to, um, kids probably st- still haven't lost their natural uh, Hopefully not. disposition to, towards creativity. Yeah. I think uh, it wouldn't hurt to encourage it and uh, no, to let, let them develop it. As opposed, I mean, some would argue that there's creativity in coding as well. Uh, maybe. There is obviously, as I mentioned, this... Um, the creation, creativity is about creation, mm-hmm. and uh, so there are definitely differences. Uh, uh, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I mean, 
when we look at corporations and uh, where this leads, mm -hmm. I think ultimately AI combined with corporations will lead to business entities that are fully automated without people. So that obviously raises questions, uh, what are the billions of people going to do right. uh, who don't work in corporations? This could also be looked at as a positive because corporations are not natural environments for yeah, people. Sure. And yeah. This is why it leads to this development. Maybe that could give the chance of um, re-establishing some of the organic functions of people. Like in the past? like in the past and kind of start over yeah you know? yeah i think uh, if it uh, reaches the point of corporations uh, existing and doing business with each other without people mm -hmm. it kind of kills the purpose of corporations also because if you start over obviously you're not going to buy shit from these uh, so-called corporations anymore so if nobody's buying stuff uh, then why do you exist uh, there's no profit Right. No chance for profit. Right. So this may be um, uh, the symbolical uh, snake biting its own tail, and it may be the end of the cycle. And maybe there's going to be a renaissance, a rebirth of uh, human or human societies, more organic organizations emerging from this, where ethics, responsibility. Um, Supra-rational uh, faculties, the interest towards these, would re-emerge. That would be a very nice development. Definitely. So maybe, maybe, um, um, maybe we could end this uh, this conversation with uh, the statement that there still is hope, but nevertheless, uh, we should take care and be aware of what's going on and and, and uh, think what we want ourselves as as humans, where we want to be. In, and uh, and uh, to prepare this new emerging right. organic stuff, we have to be able to defend ourselves against the negative outcomes. And uh, I think uh, a good point, everybody can start with themselves to a large degree by uh, just going back even to being rational you know, about what is it I want and what is it I don't want. Mm -hmm. Uh, try to stand up for uh, or stand up against what one doesn't want. Mm -hmm. I think that's also a good good starting point. To become all Luddites again. <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay, well, cool. It was, uh, it was nice. It was an interesting one. And I, I don't have the feeling that it's all solved, definitely. And it's, it's something we might uh, touch uh, uh, anytime soon again because uh, things move fast. Uh, it also has a lot of other questions, uh, but so far so good and um, nice, a nice one. Thanks a lot, Laszlo. Thank you. Thank you.